You know when you're trying to think of a song but just can't quite remember the name? Like when you're looking for the perfect track for a car ride, but all you can think of is a beat? Well, using weed in your teens can make you forget things you want to remember. Because your brain is still developing, the THC in weed can impact your ability to form memories and remember things. Mindovermarijuana.com can show you the different ways weed can impact you in real life. Want proof? Check out the facts at mindovermarijuana.com. Sponsored by the California Department of Public Health. Welcome to the Grit Daily Startup. I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk, and this is a podcast about what goes on behind the scenes at startups. The good, the bad, and the gritty. Let's dive in. So here we are in, um, where are we, still in Austin? I think so. We're Austin. at Coindesk. Uh, we are now coming to the end of our day, and we've got a phenomenal uh, two-person podcast here, including me. That's three. Um, we've got Michelle Shane, uh, a futurist. Yes. Uh, with experience in uh, several accelerator programs, an advisor on several uh, advisory boards on, on blockchain and uh, technologies that are going to power the future. So welcome, Michelle. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you. And we've got Jeff Hunter. Now, interestingly enough, if you look up Jeff Hunter on Jeff, Jeff J. J. Hunter, Hunter yeah. if you look uh, look him up on LinkedIn, you will see everything about personal branding. But we dug deep and asked Jeff, what else is really important? And what we're going to touch on branding, and I think uh, this dovetails nicely into each other. You've got the personal brand, the outward brand that everyone sees, Mm -hmm. and then you've got the internal brand or your own brand. Or let's take it even deeper and talk about self-sovereign identity. Mm -hmm. That's important for each individual person. So we're going to try and combine these two topics, as difficult as it may be, but I think it's simple, actually, if we elevate the conversation to starting about, let's look into the future, Michelle, as a futurist, and uh, some of the panels that we talked about uh, on earlier was Web3, blockchain, NFTs, crypto, metaverse, is all the topics that we touch today. Mm -hmm. Now, to a lot of us, that's still acronyms and words we don't quite understand. But if you would sort of help us break it down and help us understand what this new world looks like, that would be great. Yeah, so in the future, we will have each one of us, like Jeff and you um, and Michelle, uh, we will have our own cryptocurrency and we're able to do merch one-on-one. So it's peer-to-peer. We will have our own avatar that could go into different um, metaverses. And in these metaverses, we will own NFTs, we'll own virtual lands, and they will be able to interact uh, together, and then it will extend to the physical worlds. Um, but most importantly, I think it's the concept of self-empowerment and being having control over our identity and our data, and taking that away from centralized entities. So actually, that's uh, that's a f- couple of sentences that I would like for everyone to rehear a couple of times because what Michelle has done has integrated all the future technologies that we're talking about and integrated that into a platform, a platform that is actually you as an individual. Mm-hmm. Jeff, tell us a little bit how that operates in a self, self-governing self or self-sovereign identity basis. Well, first off, I agree with what Michelle said um, to, to some degree. I don't know if we're all going to have our own cryptocurrency. Maybe. 
I mean, you are a futurist. Um, I like that. Um, but I do believe that it's important that we establish what our own individual sovereignty is. I think that uh, we're kind of in this weird experimentation phase of what the metaverse really is. I truly believe that the metaverse isn't just like some VR reality thing. I think the metaverse is just us being able to move our digital assets from one place to another. It could be cross-trained. It could be on the same chain. And But I do believe that, like what Michelle said, is that we're moving into a place where we're starting to see the integration of the offline versus the online. Um, and it's going to be very exciting. And I think right now is it's never been more important to build your own personal brand in AKA the metaverse. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So this is, this is really cool. Now what I did do, I was so excited about the topic. I jumped ahead a little bit. <laughs> Why actually Michelle would, it would help us to understand your background, your history and what you have been looking at, so tell us a little bit more about you as a person so that we put context in what you're saying. Sure. Awesome. Um, so I was a, an attorney at PayPal for six years. And before PayPal, I was at uh, Cisco, eBay, Samsung, and Apple. And then also a test manufacturing company for the triple play, which is, you know, testing uh, broadband, uh, Wi-Fi and all that kind of good stuff. Um, after PayPal, I basically left uh, my position to do something scary and uncomfortable. So I did startups. And uh, while doing startups, I volunteer at an organization called uh, MIT Sanford Venture Labs. So we did a, a conference on virtual currency in 2013. Um, in 2014-15, I co-founded a digital wallet company that has blockchain on the back end and allows for digital wallets to interoperate. Uh, so if you look at Google, you know, if you have an account on Google and have an account on PayPal, I cannot send you money, right? You have to sign up first, you know, but what if we can send things to you without having to sign up? And I can send there's crypto in the back end and then we also created something like uh, Libra um, as well like more of an alliance um, which we, which we I think today is a DAO and um and we have like four people, three, uh, two of them went to blockchain university. Um, so it was really awesome, uh, being into blockchain and crypto for so early. No one knew what we were doing. And then uh, I was doing a lot of AI stuff at the same time, but a more nonprofit. Uh, but when I was doing, um, in 2017, one of my friends on Facebook was like, if you're smart and if you know about blockchain, join this group, you know? And so I did, right? Because remember, I helped wrote the provisional patent for the startup, you know, and I totally understood understood like I actually when my co-founder came to me I crossed out the Claren house and I was you know because I was in payments I was like this is what you're talking about and he said yes you know and I was really excited the deck that we had back then is really what DeFi and crypto today so we were super early tell me what year was this uh 2000 I was PayPal attorney 2006 to 2012 2013 was the virtual currency conference 2014-15 is when we created this digital uh, wallet started. So pretty wow. amazing. So the whole yeah. idea of crypto payments, yeah. the blockchain, you were discussing with major corporations way back in 2006. And I think uh, I, I really like that whole idea when you crossed out that central... Yeah, the, 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 the central exchange. So, yeah, yeah I did. I did. Amazing. That's pretty amazing. I did. It still doesn't and, work. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it still doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me, um, you mentioned Libra as well. Yeah. And Libra, as I imagine at that time, was a was a uh, was a was a think tank of a number of companies that were exploring this idea yeah. of decentralization and DAO 
I'm not down with uh, payments infrastructure. Yeah, so so uh, one of my co-founders also from payments, so, so he wants to uh, pay by touch, right? And I went to PayPal. He had Wall Street backgrounds, um, and then another one actually was uh, working on crypto and Clarence House at that time. We were super early, right? Um, I think our CTO was like really young, <laughs> um, but I, I think you know when you know coming from it, we know that there needs to be an alliance. You know, so when we draft our patent, you know, we have a alliance in our patent, right? Where groups of people can come together and have an association or an alliance, right? And, you know, I say that it's kind of Dow-like because if you really think about it, it's a Dow. Yeah. <laughs> you have different people in the communities that join that with a common goal, right? So, you know, uh, yeah, it was, uh, that patent was, or that provisional patent was there. It was, you know, we did submit it to the USPTO. So that was awesome. Um, and then we did, you know, have an NDA with certain, you know, uh, entities at that time. It, it was really cool. You know, that was really oh, exciting. I'm, I'm really fascinated about that whole story. And I want to take you on another journey there <laughs> at a certain point. Uh, but um, I actually want to get back to, um, to, to Jeff here, because when you talk about, a presence, uh, a online presence. That's tell us a little bit about your background and how you got to who you are and what you do. Well, actually, I have a Fortune 500 background. I used to be a project manager, yeah. uh, and um, I decided to start my own business back in the day, 2013. Not as old as you, uh, 2006, but you know we're, we're back there. Um, but we just high five for those of you who don't. <laughs> you can't see that on video. We just high five doing that. Uh, old schoolers here. But what's really interesting is that like back in the day, I did not have a brand. I did not know what a personal brand was. I didn't think it was important. But when I became an entrepreneur, I found out the hard way how important it was, especially when you're, you know, I, I had to bootstrap because no brand would, you know, no one would invest in me. I had no brand. I just left a six figure job to start my own thing, moved in with my mom, you know, and my dad and my wife and my three year old back when I was like 30 something years old. And it was really like, oh, it was really frustrating. Um, and I realized that I also had no sales and marketing skills. So literally I just hired, I didn't even have money. I hired a guy to like work on my personal brand and he was an absolute scam artist, took my money, never did anything. And I was like, well, I was kind of forced because I was desperate to figure it out. Yeah. Right. Like sometimes you just have to do it. Yeah. Right? I the, did the same the, thing. The pain. So like I just went on deep. I went into digitalmarketer.com, learned about digital marketer. Um, I, it, by the way, ironically, uh, tomorrow I'm going to be teaching personal branding at yeah. digitalmarketer.com. Talk That's about awesome. a complete, right. Yeah. Talk about a complete 180. Circle. Um, I love the circle. Right. But yeah. And then when I started realizing, oh my gosh, I could leverage my personal brand to build my business, right? And now we're seeing the same thing in Web3. We're seeing that a lot of companies and VCs, especially now in the bear market, are really starting to look a lot deeper into the founders of these companies and the founders of these NFT projects, the founders of these crypto projects, these DeFi projects, because... Uh, the day of the anonymous DGen profile picture <laughs> are kind of coming to an end. Um, you know, the NFT markets have been down. You're seeing, you know, what we're at 60, 70% retraction from December. Yeah. Um, things are going down and it used to be a spray and pray. You have these big VCs. And by the way, I like the guys at Animoca, but I'm just saying Animoca is the biggest VC in the crypto gaming space, which I, I love the crypto gaming space. And it used to be like, you know, how much due diligence are they really doing when they think that, you know, half their projects are going to be 10 X. 
right? Yeah. And now they have to be a lot more careful. So I think that right now is the absolute best time to build a personal brand in the crypto space, especially, uh, you know, right now when people are looking in the bear market for people that they can trust, they want to bet on the jockey, right? They want to bet on the jockey because the horses are going down. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, so that's really important. So when we look at companies, actually, it's very important to note that when we look at companies to invest in on our platform, one of the most important things we look at is the team, right? Look at the team. How and how did they function? under pressure, under mm. stress, How, wh- what made them stronger, right? And that's important to realize. But I want to pick up your story a little bit more, um, Jeff, is like, let's go back to combining what Michelle has talked about in terms of uh, the metaverse and you as a person and ownership rights uh, in these various new worlds that we exist in, and then talk about how we are relating that to a personal brand an identity, mm. mm-hmm. more specifically, sovereign identity. So we did a we did an event um, not too long ago, about six months ago, uh, and the topic of that uh, that that session was you are your own bank, mm. right? So if you elevate the conversation about a personal brand, personal identity, and we match that up with this is who I am, and I'm valuable for who I am, mm-hmm. because you know we've been on this earth and we've experienced. A bunch of things, a lot, a lot, and our experiences build a value of who we are, and that's worth something. Mm. And so when you start to tie, when we believe, when you start to tie yourself and equate that to you being an owner of an asset, and the asset is you, and then you decentralize that mm-hmm. and be able to say with sovereign identity, I can give you bits of me, but that's worth something, mm-hmm. and it's worth something Collectively, that's worth a lot. So yeah. let's talk about that a little bit, Michelle. Yeah, I, I love digital identity. And uh, I just basically recently did a Clubhouse room on soulbound tokens. Um, People still use Clubhouse? <laughs> I mean, Twitter spaces. Yeah, um, Twitter spaces. I, I was just in Clubhouse a lot, so I kind of loved it because everyone <laughs> could talk and raise their hand. There's a limit on Twitter spaces. So yeah. I'm like, oh, I kind of like miss Clubhouse a lot. Um, but with soulbound tokens, you know, there, there's items there on credit, on identity, credit score. Um, you know, and, and that's non-transferable. You know, I think the paper did talk about being dystopia, um, but I think it's kind of important for the community to talk about us, right? Because then you have tokens with different bits on us, you know, that is taken from the community. And I kind of really don't like that because I think when people basically created the credit system is very similar. Um, so I think like identity, even as an avatar, you know, with our tokens that are not transferable, right? I mean, so let's just just take the so out of it, you know, so it's not dramatic, right? Um, and 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 then account. we talk about our ownership. Yeah, they're they're, they're thinking about changing it to account bound token. <laughs> yeah, whatever whatever it is, right? Um, I, I I think you know I think there's a the identity part talks about consumer, right? I think like in the crypto space, we're talking about government agencies. We've been talking about SEC and FINRA, but I think once we talk about identity, it goes to the consumer, right? There's going to be a lot more class action. You know, the, the federal consumer agencies are going to look at it. Um, so I think it's something that I think the community needs to kind of come together and kind of discuss it and just kind of protect, you know, ourselves and our identity, right? Because that's what we got. Um, 
you know, because like it becomes very legit and we don't want it to be a social credit system like other countries. We want still our freedom and, and our rights, you know, to do certain things. And I think that's important. Now, can I, can I take yeah, a, an interesting clo- model here? Yes. Close that out. For I, us. I haven't, I'm just going to throw something out there and this is probably going to make people upset, but I already thought of a use model for the soul bound token, AKA the account bound token, because if you've been in crypto long enough, you've been scammed. You've yeah. been scammed. Have you been scammed? I've been I scammed. Have been too. scammed yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I have a book coming out called the zero to hero crypto guide. And I have a whole section of contributors of how they first got scammed. It's yeah. the sections called how I first got scammed. I got scammed right? many times. <laughs> I like that. I like that. And, but here's the thing. I was thinking about this use case model. If somebody steals this from me, I'm going to be mad. All right. But no, yeah, no. remember, this is public. They, they, they can steal it from me Good. because I don't have the capacity anyway. But, but think about this. What if we had used the account bound or soul bound tokens, right? Because there is a lot of truth that there are a lot of scammers out there. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And what if, per se, we started something called <laughs> the scammer? <laughs> io or something like that and we had now account bound tokens are saying not only are they not transferable but they can be taken back all right so you as the issuer have control over that token you can take that token back what if you had a scammer token what if you had a scammer token and you could drop that into someone who scammed you yeah i my friends deep so we've been we've been you know, I've, I've, I've actually been scammed multiple ways in the crypto space, right? And it's still kind of going. And my friends and I have been thinking about that, right? Like a blacklist, yeah. you know, and, and I have a friend who actually has a uh, blacklist for projects or scammers, you know, from like 2000, like from 2017, 18, you know, there's the, some of the items that we kind of think about, like, cause the token is different from the protocol, mm-hmm. right? And in the protocol, it could be interoperable. So you can, you can go from platform to platform. The token is just very universal, right? So that's just one thing. And also it's like, how do we prevent that from defamation, right? Right. So it's like, how do we do it in a more legal way? Um, and so that we can protect our community. Cause like, I hate scammers. Oh my gosh. So, <laughs> We're getting to the point. <laughs> but that is a good part of the personal brand. No, that is. It is it is it is the recognition of the fact that there exists an opportunity for people to take advantage of you. Yeah. And you've got to find a way to mitigate that, although that'll never happen entirely. <laughs> because as far as we go back, as far as as back in history as we want to go, there've always been scammers and, and fraudsters. We know mm. that, right? So the idea is to limit that. But let's talk about this. What I would like to be able to do is now uh, coming to the end of this podcast is I think there is uh, an opportunity here for people to think about what Michelle and, and <coughs> Jeff has said is let's not limit our thinking to the things that we think we know. Let's expand our horizon and thought to enable us to believe in ourselves as valuable, mm-hmm. as authentic, and having and having being able to create value that we can share with the broader community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what as a futurist Michelle will probably agree that the the way the world is going today with the protocols that we're developing, the blockchain use utility, and the various tokens that we can create, we can actually start to create a, an identifiable, identifiable value to ourselves yeah. and be authentic in that way. 
Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm also into higher consciousness as well. So I think, I think, you know, at the beginning, you know, like one of my question is what is the correlation between higher consciousness, decentralization, even Burning Man, right? Mm. Because, you know, there's really similar things. It's really about self-empowerment, um, putting value back to us as an individual, seeing value in the, in, in the, posts that we made on different platform, you know, in doing, providing services to other people and also getting compensation back, you know? Um, so there is a circulation of value. So value doesn't stay in one platform yes. and their investors, it goes to everyone. And I think if we, I'm going to close this out now and I'm going to close this with, first of all, Jeff, thank you so much uh, that we've been able to, to understand a little yeah. bit about your background and who you are and what you do. Michelle, amazing information about your history. And we want to talk a little bit more about that at a future podcast. But I think the takeaway from here is let your imagination run mm -hmm. and value yourself and be able to share the knowledge and wealth that you have with the entire community. And if we do that, as you said, the circulation of knowledge and wealth yeah. transitions the world. Mm -hmm. One thing is for sure. Whether it's your own actual doxed identity online <laughs> yeah. or it's not and you are an anonymous person, there is still a strong piece of the element, which is your reputation. What are you actually doing? Are you meeting your dates? Are you doing what you say you're going to do? Um, there is a really strong use case for an an, an, an anonymity <laughs> being, anonymous. being anonymous online right <laughs> yes. like for example like because i'm a public figure you're a public figure you're a public figure like we have to be very careful about the things that we say or we get canceled right yeah. so there's a great use case model about me being able to go and create a new wallet <laughs> and say something <laughs> that i would rather not say as my own personal self because some people are going to get offended and as we found out over the last couple of years misinformation is just information the media doesn't want, you, <laughs> want anyone to believe right Thank you both. <laughs> That's the end of the show. That's the end of the show. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Grit Daily Startup. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. This podcast is brought to you by GritDaily.com, the premier startup news hub. More information at gritdaily.com. Once again, I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk. Until next time, friends. Head into your local Safeway for great spring savings throughout the store. This week at Safeway, get yellow peaches or nectarines for the member price of $1.88 per pound. Also this week at Safeway, value packs of Signature Farms chicken drumsticks, thighs, leg quarters, or picnic packs are buy one, get one free. Plus, get value packs of USDA Choice Boneless Beef Top Sirloin Steak for the member price of $4.99 per pound. Visit Safeway.com, download the Safeway for you app, or head in store to find more great deals at Safeway.